Jim Harbaugh leaves Michigan to go coach the Chargers. It's the right move. And for Michigan, is an internal hire the right move? And is this a problem for college football? All that coming up right now. You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On College Football. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is your number one source to stay up to date with all the portal, realignment, coaching, carousel craziness, the biggest stories in the greatest sport on planet Earth right here every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started we'll talk about brian kelly we'll talk about ryan williams committing to alabama all that on today's show but jim harbaugh leaves the wolverines for the chargers i argued on this show not long ago that it was the right time the right move he'd done everything he needed to and boom He goes and leaves at a time where the roster is going to look much different than next year. So Jim Harbaugh is gone, and all eyes are on Sharon Moore. Now, the hire has to be within the next seven days or so minimum, or or it has to be posted. The job has to be posted for the next seven days. But all the indications and reports have been that Sharon Moore, the offensive coordinator, will be the hire. That could make a lot of sense. That could make a lot of sense because what happens when your coach goes into the or, or leaves is you can have a lot of players go into the transfer portal. And so now that Harbaugh has left, every single player on that Michigan roster has got a 30-day window to enter the transfer portal. Down in Alabama, Nick Saban retires, a lot of guys left. DeBoer has been able to bring in some players from Washington, get Ryan Williams in the 2024 cycle to recommit to Alabama, but a lot of guys left because they hired externally. Promoting Sharon Moore internally from offensive coordinator to head coach makes sense if you're trying to keep that roster together. That does not have to be the case if you are Michigan. There are candidates available that Michigan could look to replace Jim Harbaugh with, first of all. Lance Leipold at Kansas has stated that he wants to be at Kansas. He was tied to the Washington job very briefly, and then that all got shut down. But this is a different job. This is a Big Ten job that's in Ann Arbor, not in Seattle, closer to where Lance Leipold is currently coaching. He's done a remarkable job at Kansas, making them a winning program year in and year out. That could be an option. And the reason an external hire can make sense for Michigan here is that promoting from within is something you want to do to preserve roster continuity. When you want to make everything just translate over to the next year, that's what you do. If Jim Harbaugh left after the 2022 season to the NFL, promoting Sharon Moore would be a no-brainer decision. It's okay, the team is reloading, guys can't go to the NFL yet, J.J. McCarthy will probably come back, Sharon Moore can probably convince Blake Corman, all those guys, and everyone that was a key player this year. But Michigan won it all this year. So Michigan's roster is already going to look very different. So the continuity argument, while still present, is not as strong as it could be for the Wolverines, who are going to have to have at least some time to sit there and think about it, 
And there are candidates out there. Lance Leipold could be one. I saw Matt Rule's name at Nebraska. I can't see him leaving there. I, I really can't. I don't know why you'd go from, from a rebuild spot to a place that isn't, you know, just a coach away from being great. They're going to need another year or two. I don't expect Michigan to be a national title contender no matter who they hire in 2024 because I don't think they're going to have the roster and the high-end talent to be able to compete with the rest of college football, including Ohio State, by the way, who might have the best overall roster in the country. So that could be an option. But I don't really think so. But Lance Leipold at Kansas, that's an intriguing name. Are there other, other candidates out there? Jim Harbaugh has kind of pigeonholed the Wolverines into this position to where you look at Sharon Moore and say, well, who else are they going to hire? Who else? Urban Meyer? <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't say things like that, Spencer. Don't be so ridiculous. Don't suggest. He coached at Ohio State. He could never. <laughs> anyway, so I think there could be some options. But would there be enough high-end options? Would there be would there be a candidate out there who's got a track record of winning big games at Michigan the way that Sharon Moore does? No, absolutely not. So I think this is a decision, and we've seen it in the past, whether it was Jim Harbaugh going to the NFL. Who got promoted? David Shaw, the OC. Chip Kelly left Oregon, went to the NFL. Who got promoted? Mark Helfrich, the offensive coordinator. No matter who gets hired, whether it's Sharon Moore or somebody else, I don't expect Michigan to be a national title contender in 2024. So with that in mind, you can justify an external hire if you don't feel that Sharon Moore is the guy. But that is the expectation, and I understand why they would make that decision. There are just a couple of other... That Urban Meyer thing would be fun. If you want to talk about the biggest story in college football... Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer, coming back to coach where Michigan on the other side of that rivalry, oof, oof, boy, I tell you, it's not as if it's completely unprecedented. Nick Saban won a national championship at LSU, went to the NFL, it didn't work out, and he came back to go to Alabama. Now, that rivalry isn't exactly the same as Ohio State and Michigan. I, I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying that, boy, that would be... <laughs> that would be spicy. So college football has a problem here. College football has a problem, and that's that Jim Harbaugh wanted to leave. Is that in and of itself indicative of the sport not being in a great place? Not in an isolated instance. But Urban Meyer is not currently coaching in the sport. And Nick Saban decided to retire. And Jim Harbaugh has gone off to the NFL. Heck, I saw a rumor by someone at the Oregonian saying that Chip Kelly was thinking about going to the Seahawks and going back to the NFL, at, you know, at least as a coordinator up there. College football in the transfer portal NIL world is becoming less attractive to big-time coaches. And that is a problem. Gino Ariema of UConn, the head women's basketball coach there, legendary future basketball Hall of Famer, guy has built one of the greatest dynasties we've ever seen in any sport anywhere. He had some really, really insightful comments about that. You should go check him out on YouTube if you haven't seen or heard what he said. But he's in a post-game press conference, and the most, I think, exemplary point he made was how do you coach in a world in which a player comes to you and feels like you owe the player everything and the player doesn't owe you anything. And it is driving great coaches out of college sports. Urban Meyer has decided not to return. I guarantee you teams have been interested before. 
Jim Harbaugh, off to the NFL after winning a national championship. Could have stayed at Michigan, could have gotten a big contract, been maybe the highest paid coach in all of college football or at least among them. Could have continued to build a dynasty, could have continued to win at a high level in Ann Arbor, the place where he graduated from. No, he wanted to go to the NFL. One wants to go to the NFL. Look at college basketball as well. It's the same sorts of problems. Mike Krzyzewski, Jay Wright at Villanova, Roy Williams, North Carolina, legendary coaches. They're retiring because the world is, is such that the job of being a head coach in college, football, basketball, wherever, is exhausting. It can be demanding. It can be frustrating in a way that is greater than what it needs to be. And I think this is a problem for college football. Everything with the portal and NIL and the player empowerment era, there are some positive aspects to it. But one of the unquestioned negatives is you are driving great, not good, great coaches out of the sport and you're keeping them away. You're keeping them away. And that's not a great thing for college football. If you want the sport to continue to grow in popularity, you know who you need? People like Jim Harbaugh who are big names, who are big-time coaches that can win at big-time programs and generate a higher level of overall interest in the sport. But you're going to struggle to do that. You're going to struggle to continue to attract the best coaches or keep a lot of the, a lot of the great coaches when you have a world that college football has built for itself right now. And it's because there's a lack of governance and there's a lack of structure and there's no commissioner in the sport. Jim Harbaugh, Nick Saban. Kalen DeBoer moves from Washington to Alabama. Of the four teams that had a chance to play for the national championship, three of them will have a different coach next year. And one of them, Texas, is going to be one of the teams I like to make the playoff and compete for a national championship next year. But this is absolutely a problem in college football. You are going to drive coaches insane. How can you not? The calendar doesn't make any sense. The portal and NIL and recruiting, none of it lines up for a coherent, reasonable, logical way to employ people, which is what coaches are. Players are not at this point in time. That's a separate debate. But as a head coach in college football, you have to be an absolute unbridled maniac. And that is not a great place for the sport to be. Brian Kelly is the head coach at LSU. Would he ever leave LSU? What about for the Michigan job? We'll talk about that after, of course, we talk about eBay Motors because passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy, not hard, easy. Not hard like being a college football coach, easy like sometimes being a college football fan, though that can be hard as well. It's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. So Michigan needs a new football coach, and I'm sure they'll look externally as I talked about earlier. Sharon Moore is the expected hire, but 
Of the names that I didn't mention earlier, I want to talk about extensively one in particular. That's Brian Kelly at LSU. So in two seasons, Brian Kelly has won 20 football games. That's that, that's a lot. At Notre Dame, he compiled 10 win seasons like it was getting out of bed and walking over to the bathroom to brush your teeth in the morning. It, it was It was the expectation. It was the standard. It was the norm over there. And remember where Brian Kelly was before he was at Notre Dame. He was the head coach at Cincinnati in, in, in Ohio, which is kind of, you know, Big Ten country of sorts. And Notre Dame is a Big Ten geographically located team. This is why the interest for Brian Kelly should be very real if you're Michigan, though I suspect this interest is going to be greater from the Michigan side if they want an external candidate than it would be from Brian Kelly. In two years, Brian Kelly has won double-digit games in each of his first couple of seasons and has restored LSU to a place where they expect to be as a program. That is winning, playing big games, and expecting to compete for conference championships. He went to the SEC championship in his first year at the helm, lost badly, team wasn't quite ready, defense needed some adjusting adjusting in 2023, and guess what? They've you know made some defensive staff, staff changes. So Caroline Fenton, who hosts Locked On LSU Tigers, talked about why she thinks Brian Kelly will stay at LSU. Why I don't think Brian Kelly would leave LSU for Michigan, and I have several reasons why, and this is not me reporting that he's not going to. This is not me saying that I've heard from insiders that Brian Kelly absolutely positively would not make this move. This is just my interpretation of the situation. First and foremost, the number one reason why I don't think Brian Kelly would leave LSU to go to Michigan is, do you really want to start over? Like, do you really want to go through this again? What she's referring to is a rebuild, a situation in which the team from the prior year is going to be dramatically different either because changes had to be made because of eligibility and transfers or changes needed to be made. And the LSU team that Brian Kelly took over in 2022 was very different because they had just 40 scholarship players for the bowl game the previous year, and then he's built it into where LSU football expects to be, where yeah, they win 10 games in back-to-back seasons, but, eh, you know, not not exactly where you feel like they could have gotten to, especially with a Heisman Trophy winner. That's the standard that LSU expects to hold themselves and their coaches to down there in Baton Rouge. Remember, Ed Orgeron won a national championship. He was he was gone a couple of years later, because they they fell down and went went six and six. That's that's not LSU football. Ten and three being eh, it's okay, it's fine. That's LSU football. So Michigan is going to have no JJ McCarthy, no Blake Corum. They're not going to have their top receivers. They're going to lose some offensive linemen. They're going to lose defensive players. It is going to be at least at some level a rebuild year for Michigan. What I mean by that is they are not going to be expected to compete. I am not looking at Michigan and seeing them as a national title contender in 2024. Do I expect them to bottom out and go three and nine? No, no, I I don't think that's going to happen, especially if Sharon Moore is the choice. But if there is an outside candidate that could perfectly fit what Michigan is looking for in a head coach, Brian Kelly is that option. Brian Kelly is that option because his previous stop was Notre Dame. He had a lot of success there. If you were looking at two universities culturally and stylistically, aesthetically and recruiting wise that are similar in brand and also the academic requirements that are not exactly, shall we say, loose, Notre Dame and Michigan are in similar footing there. You can recruit 
at a high level. And great coaches, Brian Kelly and Jim Harbaugh, have done so at Notre Dame and Michigan. They have done so in an environment in which eh, it might not be quite as easy to get players as it might be at some other schools and universities. So Brian Kelly having experience there and winning at a high level would make him a fit at Michigan, which is a word that gets tossed around a lot in college football. Was he a fit down at LSU when he was making up a Southern accent and everything like that? Not exactly, but he wins football games. That's the fundamental reason he's a candidate for Michigan. But Michigan is also a very proud university. Michigan is a university that is not going to be able to bring in just anybody at any time. They're a place where you can recruit at a top 15, maybe 10 level, but push for top five recruiting classes, consistently bring in top 10 classes. That's never been Michigan's game. And that's never really been Brian Kelly's game because he was at Notre Dame. So he understands what it is like to be in that environment, to play cold weather football, to be in the geographical footprint and have recruiting ties in the Big Ten. All of these things make Brian Kelly an inherently logical candidate. The question, as Caroline rightly pointed out over and locked on LSU, is would he want to leave and start over? Now, the argument for that from Brian Kelly's angle is, well, how much of a rebuild would it be? Because remember, when your coach goes into the transfer portal, I know it's not the transfer portal for coaches, but it kind of is. Anyway, if your coach leaves, you then have a 30-day window to go into the transfer portal. So whatever you are currently feeling about 2024 LSU, there is a world in which you could feel that about 2024 Michigan. Because if Brian Kelly were to decide, I want to go to Michigan, I like this place better, I want to go back to that part of the country, what would he do from a roster standpoint? Well, he'd say, hey, everybody who was going to play for me at LSU this year, uh, I'm bringing my staff with me up to Ann Arbor. How would you like to come along? And, oh, look, they don't have that many returning starters from that national championship team. And they don't have two or three top five recruiting classes waiting in the wings to take over and be the next great Michigan team. We can do exactly what we were planning to do down here at LSU but we can do it up in Ann Arbor. And you could do it in a conference that you may or may not see as tougher than being in the SEC. Without Nick Saban there, it's certainly, though I think Kalen DeBoer, who we'll talk about later in the show in a couple of minutes with Luke Robinson of Locked on Alabama, I think Kalen DeBoer is going to do very well. I think he's a very good coach. He's not Nick Saban. That obstacle has been removed. And Brian Kelly, by the way, beat Nick Saban head-to-head once upon a time. And I think that for, for LSU, you can look at where they stand in the SEC, which is going to be loaded because Alabama is still going to be good. Georgia is going to be great. Ole Miss could be great. You got a lot of really good teams kind of in the middle there. Brian Kelly could make an assessment and say, which conference, oh, that's right, Texas and Oklahoma are in there as well. Which conference do I feel better about getting to the conference championship game in? the Big Ten, or the SEC. You could probably make that argument either way, but that's a decision Brian Kelly has to make. Where do I want to coach as a football coach? Where do I want to recruit? Where do I want to go up against other great coaches in the Big Ten or the SEC? What you don't have in that conversation is 
I want to be in this conference versus that one because this is a more prestigious conference. Because in the realignment world, this is a better league to be in. There's more money, there's more exposure, there's better teams, there's stability, and everything like that. If Brian Kelly were at an ACC school right now and the Michigan job were open, I think he would be on a flight to Ann Arbor tomorrow to announce the press conference. But that's not the case. He's coaching down in the SEC. So that is the question, as Caroline Fenton of Locked On LSU posted, you have to wonder if you're Brian Kelly, or you have to think if you're Brian Kelly, do I want to start over, but what would he be able to accomplish in the transfer portal? That is the question. That is the question for him as to whether or not the Michigan job would be appealing. I think if Michigan decides to go with an outside candidate, Brian Kelly would be the number one option. He would be the number one one option ahead of Lance Leipold at Kansas, who could be a good choice ahead of, even if they wanted to go this route, Matt rule over at Nebraska ahead of, even if they wanted to go outside the box, urban Meyer, I think Brian Kelly would be the number one choice. If they look to go beyond Sharon Moore, who's expected to be the higher and Kelly could get interest from Michigan, whether or not he should be interested. Those are decisions only Brian Kelly can make, but the justification in the transfer portal that can be made, that can easily be made because he could bring a lot of players with him, and Michigan could have a good first year. And then by year two, things could really get humming for him up there in Ann Arbor on the recruiting front. There have been questions posed about Kalen DeBoer and he is proving some doubters wrong right now. Joining me now here on Locked On College Football is Luke Robinson, host of the Locked On Alabama Crimson Tide podcast. Five-star plus wide receiver Ryan Williams has committed to the Crimson Tide after decommitting in the 2024 cycle. Luke, your initial reaction to this after it looked like he was maybe going to end up at Auburn. He canceled a visit to Texas. They were in the mix. Alabama landing him means what? And first of all, my initial reaction was euphoria. Um, I, I've said this uh, on several podcasts, including my own, that um, Ryan Williams is a special talent. I've I've had the, the good fortune of being with the HSA radio network for several years now because a couple of my friends started it. And I've been able to call a lot of games, a lot of Alabama-Mississippi All-Star games, uh, just get a lot of state championship games. Two players stand out to me as, as like no-brainer. They're going to the NFL eventually and they're going to be stars at the at the next level and then the very top level. That was Chris Jones from Mississippi, who is still playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he's just awesome, and Ryan Williams. Those two have stood out to me more than anybody else. Um, Rashawn Evans was kind of close, but uh, these two are head and shoulders above everybody else to me. And it's a banner year for receivers in Alabama, too, and Auburn got their fair share of them, Cam Coleman and Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons and Perry Thompson. Those guys are all super players. Uh, and Malcolm Simmons is from my hometown, so I've been able to see him a little bit more than the others. But Ryan Williams, it, he's just different to me. Um, he's just got an it factor about him. Uh, it, it's not that he's he's super fast and super quick and very elusive, but it's not like he's the most of any of those things. It's not like he only has speed. He just does whatever he has to do to score. Uh, and he's... Uh, in the last state championship game, I know his team uh, ended up losing, but they lost to Jalen Mbakwe's team, who's also committed to Alabama. And the previous state championship game before that, they lost to Mountain Brook, where I live now. And 
uh, man, they just railroaded Mountain Brook. I mean, they, there was uh, nothing Mountain Brook could do to stop Ryan Williams. And then, of course, in the, one of the All-Star games he was in, he, he scored a touch. He was the first one to score a touchdown in the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game. He was phenomenal, had two touchdowns. I think he was the MVP. He's just a special, special talent from a fantastic area. It's very reminiscent of Nick Saban going down to a mobile and getting one Julio Jones in his first signing class. Yeah, that, that worked out pretty well. And I think for Kalen DeBoer, this is a, a really monumentous recruitment for him to be able to land because this is someone who it looked like what was going to be an indicator of, well, you know, see, Kalen DeBoer won't recruit at the same level, won't be able to get a bunch of high-level players or whatnot, and a guy decommits when Nick Saban retires. That was to be expected, of course. But for DeBoer and his staff to go in there and have made a pitch to Ryan Williams that makes him think, yeah, Alabama is still the best place for me to go play my college football, I, I think that is a huge recruiting statement for Kalen DeBoer at, at Alabama. And it's the sort of recruit that, frankly, from the high school ranks, he wasn't going out and getting at Washington. He mostly used portal guys or players who had already been on the roster for a couple of seasons up there. This, to me, demonstrates he understands at some level, at least. Maybe he won't be at the Saban level. He probably won't when it comes to recruiting. But he understands you got to go get these sorts of guys. You got to be able to have this caliber of players. I think this is a big win for Kalen DeBoer. Well, and let's also be fair, while Kalen DeBoer hadn't gotten guys like this at Washington, recruiting at Washington, recruiting Alabama are two totally different things. Washington doesn't have the same recruiting base Alabama does. Alabama per capita and Mississippi per capita put out as much as any other state. And so the, Alabama's next door to Florida. They're, they're next door to Georgia. They, Texas is now fertile recruiting ground for Alabama, especially with Texas A&M and Texas in the conference. And Louisiana's also been good to Alabama. So you know, they have it's easier to recruit to Alabama. I don't mean that as a cut on Washington at all. I've been to Washington's campus, it's gorgeous. I love it. At the same time, let's call a spade a spade. I mean, Alabama is a bigger brand than Washington. There, there's no other way to spin that. And football is our thing. I mean, that's that's what we're known for uh as a state. Uh, high school football is a bigger deal. There are more top 100 players from the state of Alabama every year than there are from Washington every year. I don't, I don't think I'm talking out of school here. So he's going to have more of an opportunity to get the bigger players um, is, is what I'm trying to say. He hadn't, it's not that you can't recruit to Washington. That's not what I'm saying at all, but there's not a lot of Ryan Williams's in, uh, in the state of Washington. I mean, well, you've got Cam Coleman here. You've got, I mean, Peter Woods here who ended up at Clemson. I mean, the state of Alabama put cranks out talent. And uh, so he's going to have a much better opportunity to get that talent to come to Alabama, I think. Yeah, and I think it has to settle down, you know, any potential worry amongst Alabama fans or the alumni or whoever around the program about whether or not he'll be able to get that sort of talent. Because th this should have been one that, you know, you would look at and if he had chosen to go elsewhere – I don't think it would have necessarily been the end of the world. It's like, well, you know, he was committed to a different coach. He he he, he was he was not you know involved with Kalen DeBoer or anything like that. That this is clearly DeBoer went out and certainly you know had half a leg up having you know had him committed to Alabama once upon a time. But for him to go out and make a pitch and say this is the place to be, I, I think it's a big big statement for Kalen DeBoer in, in the recruiting world down there, which is of course as we all know very very important. But I want to flip this to 2024 because Alabama's roster 
not going to look the same. Now, Jalen Milrow, at this point in time, expected to be the starting quarterback with Will Rogers recommitting to Washington. Doesn't look like there are really any other options available for Kalen DeBoer, though he has looked to try and find someone else at the quarterback spot. Jalen Milrow is going to be the guy there. There's a lot of new receivers. Only a couple played any meaningful snaps a season ago. Where does Ryan Williams fit into Alabama's wide receiver rotation for 2024? Okay, and again, call me a Ryan Williams homer if you want to. I think he's a day one starter. I really believe that. And it's not crazy to say that. Caleb Downs was. Uh, Caden Proctor was. Ironically, both of them transferred out. But uh, Alabama is known uh, to start freshman now. Kalen DeBoer, I, I don't know how much he believes in that. But I can tell you this, it's going to be very difficult to, to keep Ryan Williams off the field. And look, there are some guys like Kendrick Law, uh, Kobe Prentice, just to name a couple uh, on Alabama's team that have gotten some good minutes uh, uh, Jeremy Bernard just transferred in from Washington. This is a guy that, yeah, he was Washington's fourth receiver. And I, I'm not trying to relate everything to some other schools, but I know on a few schools in the SEC, he would have been their leading receiver. So, you know, Washington throws the ball a lot more. So you're bringing in a guy that's got experience and experience with this offense. And um, I believe Alabama is just going to be fine. They've also bringing in Rico Scott and Amari Jefferson as other wide receivers in this class. They are going to have an opportunity to play some too, I believe. Look, I think Alabama is going to be fine. You know, nobody needs to worry about Alabama. The roster is still going to be in the top three or four rosters of the country. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Mm, that is higher than I would place it. That is. Well, who, that who would you have above it? I'd have Ohio State. I would have uh, Georgia. Certainly, I'd have Oregon up there. I mean, I might put Texas. I don't know if I'd put Oregon. I look at Texas up there. I I, I think there are a lot of different ways. Ole Miss, I would definitely put up there. LSU, I think, has got a really good roster going into next year. LSU and Ole Miss have the depth Alabama has. I I love what Ole Miss has done this offseason. I like what Ole Miss has done, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad we don't play them. Uh, next year, we don't. that's a big miss. That's a big scheduling miss. Well, and I'll tell you something else. Uh, people, I've said this a hundred times. You know where the SEC really screwed up? I know this is off topic. They didn't schedule Auburn to play Ole Miss. Why with the Hugh Freeze uh, tie-in with the Lane oh, Kiffin yeah. tie-in? That's the dumbest thing the SEC could have done. Now I know they probably did it all via computer and whatever, but get Auburn Vanderbilt off the schedule. Get Auburn Ole Miss on the schedule. You've got automatic eyeballs everywhere. It doesn't matter what the records are. Yeah, I, I agree with you there and proves once again that scheduling is the biggest problem in, in college football, bar none more than uh, anything else once the actual product comes around. And I'm going to, I know you need to go, but I'm see, here's the biggest problem is we've got Vanderbilt in the conference. I don't mean that as a shot at Vanderbilt. I know it is one, but uh, I don't necessarily mean it that way. What I'm saying is there's Vanderbilt, then there's a big gap to whoever's next. So if you get Vandy on your schedule, you feel like that is a win. And, um, it, it shouldn't be that way. And uh, so it, it makes it a little bit tougher, especially now as we inch closer and closer to all these big schools breaking away eventually. Yeah, v- Vanderbilt, great baseball program. That's what they bring to the table, a fantastic baseball program, football. You know, every, here's what I always say. Every every conference needs a Vanderbilt. Every conference has a Vanderbilt. It's just the, the reality of the world in uh, college football. But Ryan Williams, big landing for Alabama, going to make an impact this year. I think with him and Jeremy Bernard, you've got the makings of a pretty solid wide receiver core for Jalen Milrow to throw the ball to. And I feel better about Alabama's roster situation with those guys than I did uh, about a week ago. Luke Robinson, host of Locked On Alabama, 
all things Crimson Tide on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Luke, thanks for stopping by. Appreciate you. Appreciate everyone listening. I will see you next time. And until then, hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.